Welcome to the Traveler's Guide to Life podcast, Season 3, Navigating Through National Hospice and Palliative Care Month. Episode 4, Billboards, Part 1, The Language of Death and Grief. One thing I have found um, since becoming involved with hospice is that those of us who feel called to that work, whether as volunteers or staff, that we have a comfort with death and we're comfortable with the language of death. But that is not true in our larger society. No, it's not. Very death adverse. And we have lots of euphemisms. We have lots of euphemisms. If you go and research it online, there's a couple of websites that have literally 300 euphemisms for death. And some of them are quite interesting. Some of them are like, oh, I don't see the connection to death. Um, And some of them are from other countries because obviously the United States is not the only one that is a little death adverse. Mm -hmm. Um, But yes, there's a lot of them. And we use those to really avoid saying dead or died and yet in our language we feel dead on our feet um i feel dead as a doornail after this long week at work um we use it in other ways but we when we um use it to say somebody has died or they're dead um people will say and i've been accused of this many times wow that's really harsh that's really crass. Why would you say they're dead? Mm-hmm. Well, because they are. Um, and that's very concrete um, way of explaining it. And when you are working with somebody, a family member that their loved ones have died, it's important to speak that language um, and not in the euphemisms that are out there. Right. And there's a wealth of them. Oh, there's there's so many. And certainly, you know, I'm sorry that somebody passed or is now with the angels. And when you re- even read obituaries, right. when this is the death notice in the public realm, right. there's still euphemisms. And it seems that the more we have allowed this and have tolerated this, the more distant that the, the reality of death has become for right. so many people that if I don't say the words, I never have to n- deal with the emotions. Right. And of it. even um, in media, when you um, read articles about people that have died, you don't always hear the word uh, that they died. You hear that they expired or they perished. Um, you don't, particularly with health house fires it's always that they perished um instead of the using the correct language that they're they're dead or they're they died and what people i don't what people don't understand is that when you're in that experience of having somebody you love that's died um there's a lot of confusion a lot of chaos going on in your head and when you are able to say that they're dead or they died there's a sense of reality there that's helping you to make sense and accept the fact that they're gone um, instead of continuing to use that, that other language. And past or passed away is certainly something we hear all the time. And yeah, hospice is comfortable, but we're out of that social norm of avoiding death um, because our job is to walk with people um, as they're um, dying and then to support that family after that death. 
Um, and when we talk about kids, um, one of the things, um, and it will be on the website, the hospice website, is there's a great TED Talk called Dead is Dead, Euphemism and the Power of Words. And so of a young mother whose son has died, and she has a, another child who's younger than um, the son that died, and he kept hearing all these people saying, you know, I'm sorry that you lost your son. And her response is, I know exactly where he is. I did not lose him. Um, and there was also the, the little boy, the brother, I think was only five or six. And again, um, when was his brother going to come visit him? And, you know, like they did in Lion King, um, and I think it just causes more harm than good. Right. Um, and that is not the intention of anybody using euphemisms. Mm -hmm. um, I think that they just want to be um, kind. Um, and really, that's not that's not the ticket. Right. And it goes it goes both ways. Sometimes the person who's trying to comfort the the griever will use those words, and sometimes the person who has had the loss, the death of the spouse, the child, will use those words to buffer. And it's become this huge kind of sugarcoating avoidance technique that right. we have taken on in society. And I, you know, I don't want to be the person to hit the nail or, you know, to bang people <laughs> over the head. But the more that we can talk about it, the more that we can accept that death is part of life. Right. And that's what we talk about in hospice. Hospice is about living as fully as you possibly can right. to the very end. And life is messy and grieving and death can be messy. Right. But the more that we can use and embrace the language of it, the, the more it doesn't become this horrible other thing. We're just like, okay, now this is part of my life story. Right. And we're so fearful of death um, that we'll use any language mm -hmm. to um, avoid it. Oh, yeah. And uh, we're always surprised when somebody dies. Mm -hmm. Okay, but they, you know, they've been sick for a long time or um, they're 110 years old. We would expect them to go. Um, and I think that that speaks more to the fact that we are connected to them mm -hmm. um, and that often we don't see um, signs of people dying they look the same mm -hmm. there is no there is no indication why are they dead right um, and I think again by we confuse the situation by using those euphemisms right a right. lot and in, in my effort to change my little corner of the world when I write a condolence note to someone I will not say I was sorry to hear about the passing of your father I would always will say I was sorry to hear about the death of yes. your father and yep. then often we'll share you know this is what I remember about him these are the qualities right. that I cherished and right you know, it, so I I work hard to use that language with people right. when I speak to them and, and and honestly every um step every effort makes a difference mm -hmm. um and I think in some respects it also opens the door that when you get a card that says I'm so sorry about to hear of your father's death it's like, oh, this one understands, mm -hmm. um, as opposed to the, oh, I'm so sorry, your your dad passed away. Right. Um, it's like, okay, they they might understand what I'm going through, and I think when people die, we are just so ill prepared, mm -hmm. and frankly, we can't ever be prepared and say, okay, I knew it was coming, so I'm good. Right. That's not the way this works. Right. So, but you're looking for that validation, that normalization, mm -hmm. um, and that comes from concrete language. Right. And I think. You know, the fear of death is very real, but to constantly use the euphemisms, we're shoving it to the side 
And the only way to conquer it is to stare it in the eye and say, I see it. I see that you have suffered a tremendous loss. I'm sorry about the death. Tell me what you miss most about her. Right. You know, tell me your favorite memory. What did she do that made you laugh? Exactly. You know, and exactly. That, that is the way to embrace it and just say, I see it for what it is, and this is going to be part of you, and the memories live on. But um, I can use the language. Right. And I think that you also have to, because um, I just got done reading a bunch of um, reflection papers in my class, and they all w- had to watch this video. Mm-hmm. And what some of them realized is, oh, I didn't understand what they were talking about, and now I do, but I carry that burden that I did something that caused that for the language that they used. Mm -hmm. And so instead of death being um, integrated into that child's life, that this is a part of life, it's then seen as, oh, this is something I should feel guilty about because I somehow caused that, Mm -hmm. Um, which is very normal and typical. How do you address that? You address it by using concrete language. And I was really surprised that a number of them talked about that, how, wow, this just totally reframes um, the deaths I had in my life when I was younger. Um, And you're like, you know. And that's how we don't cultivate healthy grievers. Because really, at the end of the day, we all struggle with this Mm -hmm. um, of going to calling hours, um, going to funerals, writing condolence cards, because we don't know what to say. um, And we don't know what language. So we have these convoluted sayings that are out there. Mm -hmm. um, And some of them are just not helpful at all. No, no. But we, there's always, you can always become a healthy griever. You always can become yes. the helpful person. There's, it's never too late to start changing the language that you use right. and saying, I can say this, I can look at this, and you grow into it. Right. And I think it's also being really reflective. Is Would that help you to hear that? Mm-hmm. Right. Would that help you if somebody came up to you and said, well, why didn't you know he was going to kill himself? Mm-hmm. You know, what, Didn't you see any of the signs? Would that be helpful to you mm-hmm. to hear that? Right. No? No, no. And the people who suffered loss, they become the ones who become better at comforting others. Yes. They've developed the language. They've seen the dragon, and they've stared at it, and they say, I can keep on moving forward. And they understand that language can make a difference. The words we say can either keep it distant or it can ultimately bring comfort. Right. And I think that that's what people see is that um, that language um, is either going to allow you to move forward with uh, those friendships with that family or it's going to stop it Mm -hmm. um, because there's so many people saying oh you got to do this you got to do that right so language is a big part of what we do at hospice st lawrence valley and we have wonderful resources on the website great ted talks great ted talks and you can look again look at that on the um, www um, hospice uh, slv.org and we have a couple of books um, I wish I had um, th- thought to write them down about um, writing those um, sympathy, sympathy cards mm-hmm. um, and what you can say and what you shouldn't say. Right. Because um, I think at the end of the day, we don't really know what to say. So we just kind of blah, 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 um, thinking, OK, this will work um, instead of being thoughtful about it. Because um, right. we, we do want to make a difference um, in using that language. Um, but if we don't have enough practice with it, then... Or we refuse to use that. Right. And we'll be talking a lot more about what to say and what not to say in the next episode here on the podcast. Until then, I'm Linda Potter. I'm Mary Jones. See you on the road. 